I'll, I'll try this again. Magandang umaga po sa inyong lahat. Okay, my own budtag, my wife says that's another dialect. So there's uh, many languages in the Philippines and, and our ministry will take us uh, around the, the world in the future and we want to show you how that's been evolving. And uh, uh, we're just so glad that we've been um, part of your church here for these uh, almost from the very beginning. And uh, this morning, I um, want to just start by uh, sharing that we started creation science evangelism about 11 years ago. And after 28 years of church planning and training creation evangelists throughout Asia to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. So that's really our, our first principle. And I'm going to share the biblical principles behind this end time ministry. And one of those uh, principles I shared earlier was from Second Peter 3, where Peter says this is in the end times. Uh, this issue will be very significant. And uh, so we have gone all over the Philippines. We have gone out into Asia introducing the Savior by refuting evolution since 1999. So this morning I'll share some of those things. And I want to uh, mention before I begin, we have a table right in here which you can go past, I think, on our way down to eat somewhere. And so do stop. <laughs> and we have a prayer letter, the Layton's latest, and also... Oh, I got two of those. Also, a synopsis of our 30-some years, 32 years of ministry. And so you can pick that up. And also, if you are interested in attending the All-Asia Creation Conference with Ken Ham and keynote speakers such as Jerry Layton, your own missionary, uh, uh, we have a brochure. We only brought one, the rest are somewhere, but you can get the information and how to uh, find out more information online. There are still rooms available there in Kuala Lumpur, uh, where we will be November uh, November 9 to 18th. Don't laugh, we're going, so um, if you, you'd like to come. So we praise God for the ministry that he has given us over the years. And the first principle I want to share is this from Psalm 96, uh, where it starts out uh, saying that we uh, sing joyfully, uh, sing a new song to the Lord, and then in verse 3, that new song, and we do music in our seminars is very important, and uh, we declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. And many different missions, like New Tribes and our mission, ABWE, have discovered that the best way to reach lost people, the lost nations around the world, and even the lost tribes right here in America are to start from the beginning and give the account of creation and then the corruption of man and the catastrophe go right through the, the Noah's flood and then the confusion of Babel 
and the dispersion of, of people all over the world, and then ultimately God's solution was Christ and the, uh, the cross where he died and then rose again to be the Savior of the world who is our Creator, presenting himself as Creator and Lord, but also he is the one who comes back in the near future for consummation. So that is uh, the message that we do, and uh, it works not just uh, in the tribal areas, but also in, uh, in schools. Now, this just a quick review, this is our, our kids, and uh, they're all grown up now, and that's what they look like. Um, and if you remember some of them, that's Laura, our eldest, Philip, our son, our, our pastor in California, Michael, who's a computer genius back east in Pennsylvania, uh, Lisa, who's just had an adorable baby, and, uh, and us. They're all married, they're happy, uh, and raising their children in the uh, nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's the ten of our grandkids right now, and uh, one in an incubator, one in a, a womb, and one uh, on his way back from Africa, adopted child uh, that's not in the picture yet. Uh, Phil and Jamie. So we praise you, praise the Lord, and thank you for His provision all of these years, and and you have been part of that. And uh, we just uh, thank you for. Um, that ministry and upholding us in prayer all of these years and uh, we are giving you this report to know how you can continue uh, praying and upholding us. As we have spent these past terms uh, going all around the Philippines and declaring his glory in uh, putting God back into the Philippine schools, as, as I mentioned in Sunday school, that was a challenge by a um, department head in the first church, or the first university where I gave this presentation, praying that Reverend Layton will come back and put God back into the schools. And so we have uh, started in Metro Manila and branched out to all of those major cities all over the Philippines and have spoken in the majority of all the major universities and many um, computer schools and different things along the way. And what we do is present a two-hour seminar. I started out doing three or four hours, and then uh, I wanted to go straight. and didn't want the kids to take a break in the middle. And it, it got kind of, uh, that. the administrators didn't like that. So we cut it down to two hours. But we would always get our points from our seminar from the questions of previous seminars. And we'd answer the questions right in the seminar so that when we get to the end, they ask only spiritual questions, how to get saved. Uh, two, two weeks uh, a month usually in a region, uh, refuting evolution and presenting the truths from Genesis to refute evolution spiritually, which are a six-day creation, 6,000 years ago, and Noah's flood explains the fossils. So why do evolutionists claim that the world is billions of years old and these rocks they find are millions or billions of years? It's just based on, first, their theory, based on the rock layers that we find. And we explain that those rock layers and buried dinosaurs and everything were laid, had to be laid down in Noah's flood, not over millions and millions of years. 
and the six days and 6,000 years does not conflict with anything that modern science has ever discovered. If you want to ask me some questions about that, I'm not going to go into all the science, but radiometric dating and whatnot only, it does not date fossils. It only dates lava flows. And it dates them in millions and billions of years. That's right. And scientists can date lava flows of Hawaii in millions and billions of years. And we know that they only happened a few years ago. But it is consistent everywhere that lava is dated by radiometric dating in billions of years. So does that prove that dinosaurs lived 64 million years ago? <laughs> no, it does not conflict with the, with the truth of the Bible that everything is only 6,000 years and that's what God says. So 2 Corinthians 10 states that we're in a, a spiritual battle and this is the second principle after Psalm 96. The weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds, arguments, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, we have um, started, we learned that we had to start by equipping the saints and finding pastors who are in agreement and uh, our early missionaries taught the gap theory all over the Philippines. So we have to be gentle and help them to understand, no, there were no gaps of millions of years. 6,000 years, that's all the Bible gives. And so we, we educate them, first of all, so that their teachers from high schools and universities won't block us from coming in. That's happened in the early days of our, our seminars. So now we train the Christians so that they'll let us into the schools. <laughs> It's amazing. Unlimited opportunities. Here's a, a public school and uh, a university and, and medical school. Just a quick review of, of Sunday school. Local pastors helped with a follow-up and we learned that we had to have uh, trained men and women. So this was our first training of 15, the, the training uh, creation evangelists in the Cassetti program, uh, creation science evangelism training. And of those, this young man... <laughs> Victor, do you remember him from Sunday school? Yeah, I told you to remember him because we're going to see a little bit more about him. But he was in our first training, and he had told me before this training that he wanted to become like me. And now he calls me Dino Jerry. And I wear a dinosaur tie because we teach that dinosaurs lived along with people, and that's taught in Job 40. And you can look at my tie. That's, it gives the scripture verse that explains, that describes this guy. He's right there, and... and uh, co commentators in the Bible have missed it so much. So he calls me Dino Jerry and I call him Dino Vic, Dino Victor. But he became our director in 2009, uh, just before we had to come back for Donna's uh, two surgeries and we praise God uh, that he is doing a fabulous job there in the Philippines in our uh, headquarters. He doesn't live there at this time, but he and his wife are thinking about it when his youngest daughter goes off to college it might even be in this city, but the ministry headquarters is in Iloilo, which is also the birthplace of our mission. So it's the uh, ABWE, and it's the birthplace of Creation Science Campus Evangelism. Our ministry headquarters is there with a resource center where we have uh, books from Institute of Creation Research and Answers in Genesis for the uh, church members to use and check out. 
and there are curricula for teaching in the public schools and universities. And we, we made a, a video of the face that refutes evolution. And that's a very popular video, even though uh, I don't like to watch it because it's, I don't like to watch it. But th they use it. And Carla Rojo is in charge of our resource center. She was a, a missionary uh, appointee, and then she had an operation that slowed her down, and uh, she, she said, hey, I'm a, uh, I have training in library research and organization. And so the pastor put her in charge, and Pastor Digno heads up the team. He went to, uh, he was a church member who went to Bob Jones University and got a, a degree, a master's degree in worship leading. <laughs> and so the pastor said, hey, you only have to work one day a week in the church <laughs> and, and get, the, get the worship all planned out. And then the rest of the time you can uh, go around with Victor. And that's what he, Digno does. So Vic is, is there sitting at my desk with his wife's picture on my desk. He's drinking out of my coffee mug. And I didn't notice this, but he was using my cell phone, which I have in my other pocket. And we praise God for that because he has just uh, taken off. He's, he's um, before he joined the ministry, he had a lot of experience in planning and doing international uh, projects, even into, um, uh, yeah, many places in Asia. So he's really a, an experienced guy. And here's our, our, our audio-visual center. And actually, all of this was uh, financed by a couple of supporters. So this was all in, uh, in addition to our regular monthly support. And we praise God for supporters that do projects like this state-of-the-art, which the, the people there cannot afford. And so this was a creation science training for workers abroad, 10% of all Filipinos. And we mentioned, do you remember how many in the Doan Baptist Church there are who work abroad? 200. And that means there's about 2,000 or so regular members in the church. And Acts 8.4 says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So this is our uh, third principle, that God is the one who scatters his people for economic reasons. In the book of Acts, it was because of persecution, and I'm sure economics also. And now God is doing the same thing. And when these people come home on a, maybe every four years, the pastor says, you are on furlough and you're going to get missions training. You are our missionaries. Great principle, isn't it? And uh, that's something, you know, when kids go to college, you can do the same thing. Um, the Doan Baptist Church team now has been trained by Victor, but uh, these people, uh, the names are, uh, well, anyway, uh, all four of them uh, are able to travel to other parts of the Philippines, and uh, they have been helping Victor train new groups of creation campus evangelists, and this is at, their travel is at the church expense. And uh, we still maintain the office there, and the typically amazing week of creation science campus evangelism audience, uh, they were, when I was in Hong Kong, they were in the southern city of where we had our first church planning and where I did my first ever creation seminars back in a long time ago. But here they did four, they reached almost 9,000 people in 17 seminars. And did I get it right? 
almost 5,000, yeah, 4,928. And then there were 2,220 recorded decisions. They've got little, they use little pieces of paper where they say, um, check one of these. And they check, I'm just interested in studying the Bible or I prayed to receive Jesus as the, the Lord and creator of the universe and I trust him as my savior. And so um, we praise God for that. And the follow-up is done by local pastors and the new trainees. And they deal with these people to make sure that they're trusting in God's absolute lordship and leading in their lives. And then they, uh, about 10% of that group become baptized into whatever local church is there when it's properly done. It's a powerful uh, tool also for reaching people of other faiths. And this is a whole group here, the teacher included, uh, this young lady uh, got up and asked our, la- our lady evangelist who had taught uh, um, among the, this particular tribe, and she said, I want to know more about this Jesus. I know him. I've heard him as our Messiah, uh, he, Jesus the Messiah, but I want to know why he's our Savior. And so uh, we just are so... Uh, flabbergasted when those things happen. Pray for our Filipino director, Victor DePaz. He's faithfully carrying on our ministry. He was recently in Indonesia with our Filipino pastor training local evangelists because that's where the church people are. um, The biggest group of the Doan Baptist Church uh, workers abroad are in that area, and um, they're very open. Uh, The people want to hear what the Bible says about creation. And uh, so um, it's a tie that we have. Second Timothy 2.2 for Victor, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we have kept this Second Timothy 2.2 principle of training Timothys and sending them out into the ministry. And Victor is doing that over and over uh, every time he has what we call a creation crusade or a creation Uh, invasion of a certain city. We don't use the word crusade because that has negative uh, uh, meaning. But here's the Batak uh, tribe in the university, uh, students in the capital of uh, one of the capital cities there where he was um, just recently, I think two weeks ago. And uh, this man uh, was his translator and said, I want to be trained by you and I want to go to that conference in Kuala Lumpur, also the creation conference. But um, the 30% of these responded affirmatively to a gospel challenge. And so we just praise God for this kind of result. And Victor is going to go through and pick up that uh, guy and take him uh, to Kuala Lumpur, which is nearby for the conference. But um, here we, uh, God has prepared us for worldwide creation science evangelism ministry. And this was our first uh, conference abroad in in, um, in Thailand, and if you can read the script there, it just says something about Dino Jerry again. And uh, so we, we praise God for that, and uh, Donna was, was with me for this, and the, um, uh, the, we were in a, um, <laughs> a church where this was a former um, Hindu community, and, and so we got to sit on the floor, or they did, and... and uh, uh, the only musical instrument they have, as we found also in places like Africa, the only instrument was drum. <laughs> and so they just... Uh, and then this school here, 
um, is William Carey Academy, where uh, you, you might know some of the missionaries there, Longs. We support the Summers. Summers, yes, okay. And uh, the, the children there, uh, many of them are going to universities in the, the States, and they say, well, uh, when I get to that university, am I going to be persecuted more because of my religion or because I believe in what you're teaching about creation science? I said, the latter. <laughs> and and they're coming back now. Uh, it's been about four years, so some of those kids are coming back and having professional jobs in that city. Now, Hong Kong, uh, I went um, with, um, I went alone, didn't I, both times? Yeah. And uh, I spoke in these various places and in two churches, and I was invited back by the Hong Kong International Christian School to, they said, a panel discussion. We're just going to compare the, the differences. And uh, so I did that, and I explained that in Sunday school. Now, the all-Christian, uh, the all-Asian creation uh, uh, conference is uh, coming up, and I just want you to see, they left my name off of here, but that's easy. Uh, there I am. <laughs> just, just have to fix these things with, with uh, Photoshop, no problem. And here's the, uh, the fifth principle of, of creationism is why is it important? And Jesus said before John 3.16, in John 3.12, he says, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe, John 3.16, if I tell you those heavenly things? And what he's referring back to, the earthly things, in John 1.1, we have recorded that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were created by Him. And then in verse 14 of chapter 1, that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's saying essentially, if you don't believe who I am, that I am the creator of the universe, how are you going to believe that you have to be born again and, and that I can do that for you? Genesis is the foundation of the Gospel. It's the foundation of John 3.16. It's the foundation of the fact that Adam's sin has led to death. It's the foundational uh, foundation to Jesus Christ being uh, crucified and raised from the dead because Jesus is the last Adam who died in the place of the first Adam, and that's the power of the Gospel. The hope of the Gospel that we reach out to these young people is that Jesus, who is the creator of the universe, who became our Savior, and He is coming back again to restore all things to its original perfection. Isn't that what we want young people to believe? And, and that's the foundation absolute foundation of science and history. It must be. Because otherwise they get it all wrong. They get millions of years and they, they have monkeys turning into people. And the vast majority of teachers around the world don't like that idea. And so that's why it's open. In religious countries, not uh, secular so much. But the Bible gives us the only true history of the world. And here's where we get it. If you wonder, why, well, where do we come up with 6,000 years? Well, that's really easy. Bible scholars just count up how old, it tells how old Adam was when he had Seth and how old Seth was when he had Enosh and down how old uh, Methuselah was and, and each, each of the sons of promise going to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you add it all up and the Jews knew that their history was, was 4,000 years at the time 
that Messiah came and they missed him. And then, so, well, from Adam to Jesus, the Jews knew that was their dating system until they became secular. And then Jesus to the present. So how old is the universe? Or the, the earth? 6,000 years. That's pretty simple. And then those stars and galaxies, billions of light years away. How old's that? It's actually younger than the earth. The stars were made on day four. The earth was made on day one. So they're a little less than 6,000 years old. Figure that out. You know, creation scientists have and have been rewarded or given awards for getting it. Mathemat- You've heard about all this the dark matter in the universe? Not dark Vader, but <laughs> that's been postulated because without that, you can't get the millions and billions of years. It comes out to 6,000 years when you calculate things. And that's been demonstrated by creation scientists. It's not usually very popular. Uh, what's wrong with this picture? Oh, Adam, this is such a perfect world, he says. And he says, yes, it's very good, just like God said in Genesis 1.31. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Well, you know, most Christians agree that far. But, whoops, what about science has proven that there's all these dead things underneath the beginning of history? And they're prehistoric. We've got millions of years of death, suffering, disease, and decay. That's what kids are taught when they go away to college. They're taught in high school. But then it's proven, supposedly, by their professors. But is that very good? No, that doesn't sound good at all. And here's another way of looking at it. Could God have used millions of years of death and suffering to create Adam? Uh, Did our Creator use a process that requires millions of years of death and brutal killing and survival of the fittest, which is a term invented by uh, Darwin in Origin of Species, until finally, oh, God saw everything was very good. But what's the response here in this cartoon? She says, oh, Adam, how gross. And since he's still evolving a little, he says, ugh. The problem is Romans 5.12. Now look at this verse. This is a key, very, very important uh, key verse. And uh, this is, By one man sin entered into the world and death through sin. So Romans 5.12 tells us where did the death and suffering and those things happen? Did they happen before Adam and Eve? No. They happened afterwards. And the first death that came into the world was not a man, but a, an animal, or blood shed by God to cover Adam and Eve uh, in the garden when they saw they were naked. And here's what the scientist says to the theologian or a Christian in the university. The Bible is not true. These rock layers show that the earth is millions. Well, it should be billions of years old. You have to believe me. I'm a scientist. And uh, so I'll just accept the millions of years the Christian says and add it to the Bible. Can we do that? No, we can't. Why? Because where do you fit the millions of years in? Filipino pastors were taught, uh, you know, either spread it out, millions of years in six days, progressive creationism, and that's what I debated with Hugh Ross in Hong Kong, or uh, is there a gap, and this is what fundamentalists uh, have believed, and many still, uh, you'll see this in some commentaries, uh, a gap of millions of years where dinosaurs died off and, and Satan fell, or just somewhere 
in the medieval past. But it doesn't fit. You can't squeeze millions of years into any of those. So here a kid comes home from college and says, look, Dad, all these Christian views of the origin of the universe, progressive creationism, gap theories, framework hypothesis, day and age theory, theistic evolution, what do you believe? Well, I believe the Bible. And the Bible contradicts every one of those. And I think your pastor has, has equipped you well in that. And if you have questions, I'm not going to cover everything here. But here's what we teach in our seminars around the world now. We teach the literal, grammatical, historical interpretation of scriptures that the opening chapters of Genesis present creation in six literal days. The first time I spoke in a large Catholic university, uh, I was the, all the theologians were lined up in the front row, and these are the ones that had persecuted our students at Doan Baptist Church, and I waited for the questions. The first question was, how do you prove the six days, literal days? The second question was, are you sure it's six literal days? Give us some more verses. And at the end, after about ten questions like that, one of the professors got up and says, why don't we just take the Bible literally like these Baptists? It's so much simpler. Amen. And then we teach that man was directly and immediately created by God in his image and likeness, not from the image of anything else. And this comes from the doctrinal statement, maybe your church and, and other churches that support us. So if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Uh, all those things, local flood, theistic evolution, day-age gap theory. Maybe you've heard of some of these or you've believed them or maybe you do believe them now. They destroy the foundation of Genesis, which is six days, 6,000 years ago, no death before sin. And the, uh, those who are outside of the church see this very clearly. Here is an insightful secular humanist who does not believe in God or Christ, but he says the creationists have also shown irrefutably that those liberals and neo-orthodox Christians who regard the creation stories as myths or allegories are undermining the rest of Scripture. For if there was no Adam, there was no fall. And if there was no fall, there was no need for Jesus as second Adam and incarnate Savior, crucified and risen. As a result, the whole biblical system of salvation collapses. Evolution thus becomes the most potent weapon for destroying the Christian faith, which is what he and many are wanting to do. And look at how eloquent he is in his fu fundamental theology. And he understands it. And we should understand how theistic evolution is destroying uh, the faith of children. Uh, this was, uh, Southern Baptists put this out and most uh, denominations discovered this. The children raised in evangelical homes, 88% leave the church at age 18 and never return. The only truly scientific research on this was the Beamer Report done by uh, Answers in Genesis, which reveals the startling facts discovered through 20,000 phone calls and detailed surveys of 1,000 20 to 29 year olds who used to attend evangelical churches on a regular basis but have since left behind. And here's what they found out. They were already gone when they were in Sunday school. 61% they said that they didn't leave the church in early or start doubting the Bible in college but rather in grade school and high school when they were attending churches that say they teach the whole Bible but they somehow missed the first book. And turning church kids into skeptics 
is the, seems to be the job of the secular media and education. Believing children go in and they come out evolutionized. Why is Genesis relevant then to the faith of today's youth? And young people, listen to this and take it to heart. The foundational issue is the authority of God's word. It's not, well, it's not the age of the earth or anything like that. The foundational issue is the authority. God says... He created all things in six days. God says it was 6,000 years ago. We believe God or we believe those people who weren't there in the beginning. And so it is believing the Bible. God's holy word is absolutely trustworthy and without error from the very first verse. And that's what many churches are leaving out. Pastors are just leaving it out. Sunday school teachers aren't talking about it. Sometimes they don't really believe what the first verses say, first chapter. But most founders of modern science were believing Bible-believing creationists. And that's left out of textbooks. They say, oh, modern science can't believe in that nonsense. But today many PhDs uh, strongly oppose evolution because of the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in the Proverbs. And also the fear of the Lord is to avoid evil. So if children are not taught the fear of the Lord, they're not going to have wisdom, they're not going to have knowledge, true knowledge, and they're not going to have good morals. And even in Christian schools, that's happening uh, a lot around the country where the foundations aren't taught. Because there's only one science. Science is a study of, of things around us. And true science is observational or operational or um, experimental science, and this produces airplanes, DNA research, chemicals, and all that stuff. But what we're dealing with when it comes to origins is what can be called historical science, beliefs, interpretations about the facts. And scientists call a theory something that is provable. Oh, that's the problem with evolution. It's not provable. We have the same facts, don't we? The real evidence is about the same, I mean the battle is over the same evidence. We don't have different evidences. And neither evolution nor creation can be proven experimentally because observable data are all in the present. Neither process is repeatable. And no one was there to observe it happen, right? Well, partly right. No, except the creator. He was there and he tells us when he created 6,000 years ago, how he did it in six days. Uh, he did it, created everything according to its kind and not from something else. So these are the foundations for young people and for older people as well. The Word of God has to be our foundation in everything. Amen? And so, let's fix this and get it straightened out. Uh, we change the millions of years of pain and death and all those things to thousands of years, move it on top of the Garden of Eden where it's all buried. Why do you think, why do we imagine there's so much oil in the Middle East more than any place else? What was in the Middle East before the worldwide flood? Garden of Eden. What was in the Garden of Eden? There was a cherub, there were angels guarding Adam and Eve from going in there. It was plush gardens and jungles. And and that produces coal and oil, along with other things. Why do bad things happen to good people? So in evangelizing and, and helping Christians who are suffering 
some will say, some God of love you are, why do you do this? And, and shaking their hand, uh, fist at God. And the scripture principle here of creationism, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8.22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The world is broken. And so you live in a broken world. You live in a world where God wanted everything to be good. He made everything good. And then he made a plan for us when things go bad. Evolution teaches that all of those bad things, death, suffering, and happened over millions of years to the upward spiral of human evolution. But the Bible teaches just the opposite. Everything started out without death or suffering. And with the promise that if you continue and obey my word and you don't eat from the fruit, the one forbidden fruit, uh, they could have lived forever. Wherefore, as by one man sin enters into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. When we can comfort somebody with the realization that this is our lot, Jesus Christ took the pain and suffering of the death of every sinner upon Himself. And so there are little things that we suffer in life, but nothing compared to the Father in Heaven losing His only begotten Son to the worst of scourgings and having all the, the wrath of God poured out on Him. And here's the ultimate uh, hope that we hold out in keeping with His promise. We are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Right? Amen? And so that is the hope that uh, is held out best by uh, our kind of ministry and, and any, any missionaries who are uh, working actively with the um, uh, working through from, what do we call it, Genesis to Revelation teaching. Evolution in millions of years, does it really matter? And the answer is yes, it undermines the authority of the Bible, the Word of God. It contradicts the Bible's teachings on death, and that's very critical. It makes the gospel, therefore, unbelievable, because so what if Christ died? If death means nothing, there's been billions of years, that's the whole basis of history is death and suffering. It destroys a basis for comfort in suffering, and we all suffer, don't we? Every one of us do, and un unsaved people need the comfort that only the Bible can give. Evolution in millions of years are destructive, detestable lies of a secular, secularizing world that doesn't want to believe in God. And that's the motive of so-called atheists. They believe in God or else they wouldn't try so hard to disprove Him. So... The last verse here. I am sending you. He's sending us. You are sending us. But it's God, ultimately. God directed us through this verse, Acts 26. God, I am sending you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And we understand that in these last days, the center of the ba battle is with this awful detestable lie that we need to combat. And your pastor is helping you. Your church is helping you. Pay attention. 